Hi everyone, I hope everybody is doing really well. I thought I would make this video about sharing truth and love because over the last, I'd say, few months, maybe it's because everybody's quarantined, I don't know, everybody just seems like they're fighting more. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of just tension in the body of Christ and just in general overall. And seeing all that, it kind of makes me a little sad. And I find myself constantly going back to certain scriptures over and over again that have really helped me and really given me a lot of insight and instruction when things do get tense and maybe we do need to have some sort of reservation whenever we are being challenged or maybe we're getting a little heated or maybe we see something that makes us upset and we say something that we can't take back. In Matthew 12, 36, it says that we're going to have to give an account to every idle word that we have spoken. A lot of us don't speak without thinking first sometimes. And I know I've been guilty of that as well. I kind of wanted to make this video as encouragement. I wanted to give some scriptures that have really been helpful for me. I have these on my wall and I see them every day. And I just, I visit them every day to remind myself what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and how to do it. Some people might, you know, refer to different scriptures that resonate with them when it comes to maybe witnessing to other people or maybe having to deal with somebody who is difficult. Uh, these are the ones that I have found to be very helpful and edifying for me personally. The first one is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 through 26. It says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. I love this scripture. I have seen so many people that have displayed this scripture where they are dealing with somebody that maybe is not very receptive or maybe they are difficult, but because they were approached with love and gentleness and kindness, it convicted them. I've been in ministry since 2011 and I still have a lot to learn. I, there are so many other people out there that are so much wiser and smarter than me that I have so much to learn from still. And I have seen them do this. I have seen them be so kind and gentle and loving, yet firm and, and very knowledgeable uh, with people that are opposing them. I, I love this scripture because it really points out the fruits of that love and gentleness. You guys, you don't need to sacrifice your theology in order to be kind to somebody that disagrees with you. Another scripture that's really been on my heart lately is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. He's talking about how to live like holy people. And in verse 12, he says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So be careful how you look and live to unbelievers. This also goes hand in hand with 1 Peter 3.16, 
where it's talking about living a life that glorifies God so that when people slander you, they'll be put to shame because of how you live your life for Christ. It reverberates throughout the whole New Testament, just letting your light shine and glorifying God by what we do and how we conduct ourselves. Is what you're saying going to glorify God or is it going to bring reproach on him? Is how we're acting and how we're conducting ourselves in a contentious situation going to glorify God? And speaking of 1 Peter, it's kind of a segue into the next uh, scripture that I'm sure a lot of people know. It's 1 Peter 3.15. So to kind of read them both together, it says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you, for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And then verse 16, which I just read, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. All of these books are just amazing. The, the whole letters that were written by the disciples, but these are just, you know, the scriptures that I find to be very helpful, especially in this time. This is a scripture that I think every Christian should know and remember. Having a hope for what you believe, having a response and answer for what you believe. And I think a lot of people might be able to do that. Uh, some not so much, which is why I do have a love for theology and apologetics. But I think where people kind of can stumble is they can have the knowledge. But the way they relay it can be very unloving. It's okay to have compassion on your enemy. It's okay to feed them when they're hungry. In fact, we're told to do that. In Proverbs and in the Gospels, Jesus does say that it's like heaping burning coals on your enemy when you care for them, when you love them. So a lot of people might have sharp disagreements with some teachers out there or even some people in their churches, whatever the case may be. And the way that we conduct ourselves is key sometimes over what we say. Because if it's not said in love, why would they listen to what we have to say anyway? And then you have on the opposite coin, people who do want to know what you believe and we don't have an answer. And sometimes the way that we respond to them isn't in the most loving way. Which brings me to my next scripture, <laughs> Colossians 4, 6. Starting in verse 5, it says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. I love this scripture. There really is not a cookie cutter way to respond to each person. Let me let you in on a little secret, on really the key to, to witnessing and reaching other people. The Holy Spirit, okay guys, he's in control. All right. There, there's a lot I could say about this when it comes to trusting God and, and realizing that he is in control. The other thing is love. Ta-da! Love. If you really care about the person that you're speaking about, the way you speak to them will be something that's enticing to them. They'll want to hear more. And it starts with really caring about them. And I'm not saying that's going to work every time. But if your heart is in the right place, it's, it's not going to bring reproach on the name of God. If anything, it'll leave them at least knowing that you do care about them and 
that God cares about them. I don't think walking in wisdom to outsiders looks like name calling. I don't think it looks like calling them evil or demonic or these terrible names that sometimes we can see being called of people that we disagree with. That's just, it's too easy. It's way too easy to be a bully. What it really takes is somebody who's going to take a step back and do the hard thing, which is the right thing, which is why a lot of people have a difficult time doing it and, and get out of your flesh and get in the spirit. When you're in the spirit, I find that people can call a, a falsehood a falsehood and do it with firmness. Okay. You're, you're not backpedaling on theology and you're not putting that on the back burner, but you can also speak to this person like they're a human being, <laughs> that they have a life and feelings and a background, maybe a reason why they don't believe in God. And it is important to kind of get to know why and to seek to understand, then be understood on so many levels in that way. So when it says to season your speech with salt, a lot of people have a different interpretation on what that means. Um, I've looked at the scripture a lot and, and seen a lot of really good commentaries on, on what it means. But what I find that the overall premise of the scripture is saying is that speak in a way where people will not feel like they're, that you hate them, but that they'll want to hear more of what you have to say. Speak with wisdom. And I'm, be, and I'm being specific here whenever I'm using the scripture uh, for how to treat others and how to speak to others as well. This is also about Christian conduct, that we also do need to kind of act in a Christian way because we are representing our Lord, our Savior, who we love. I really want to live a life that brings Him honor and glory. And it's not about me. It's not about anything I do. Uh, Oh no, if it were just up to me, I would, um, I would ruin this. This is a hundred percent all about Jesus, all about him and the Holy Spirit working through us, all of us. I saved one of my favorites for last. I mean, these are all my favorites. It's kind of like choosing your favorite song. I mean, <laughs> or your favorite food. There's just so many that have been very edifying. I can't believe I'm only choosing five. Just giving some brief insight on what has been very helpful for me. This has been a scripture that has been around since the beginning of me even ever getting into ministry. And I remember the first time I heard it, I immediately put it up on my wall and thought, I really, really want to memorize this scripture. And it's James 1.19. If you have not read this letter uh, from James, it is an incredibly edifying and amazing letter. There's so much wisdom. Some people have said that the wisdom equivalent of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is... Uh, the book of James in the New Testament, that they're full of wisdom, full of good stuff. I don't disagree with that. I think there's a lot of good stuff in the book of James. In this particular scripture, it says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That is so hard, (laughs) but that's why it's a verse that I try to live by. I have, let me just say, I have two young children. You don't know your patience has been tested till you're arguing with a five-year-old over if they want the blue cup or the green cup. Seriously. I mean, these are the meltdowns that happen in my house. And I have to sit there and be composed and be a good ambassador for Christ. And that's just applying it to normal everyday life. Think about that when we're talking to somebody else 
that has a different belief than we do. Can you do that? There is something called righteous anger, and I'm sure people can say that they can use that because they are righteously upset about what's being taught. And believe me, I've been there. If you guys have seen my videos, I understand that. I think that our first instinct should be kindness. I think it should be love. I think that if we approach a situation that is contentious or even a contentious topic, whatever the case may be, and we're getting angry like all the time, we got to do a gut check. We got to do a spirit check with that. I mean, have we really sought out God's will? Have we, have we prayed before we have said something? Have we really looked and, and gotten in our word, gotten in prayer before we've talked to this person? Were we right with the Lord? So I would kind of urge people to conduct themselves according to these scriptures, to scripture in general. I would encourage you as well also, and I always say this, I, I'm big about context. Read each one of these, like read the whole letter, read the whole paragraph. Greg Kokel, he always says, never read a Bible verse. So when I wanted to make this video, I kind of thought, okay, I'm giving these scriptures that have been helpful for me. But I also really want to encourage people to not just read the Bible verse and make it like your life verse without really knowing the context of it, who wrote it, why they wrote it, uh, things like that. I'm just wanting to do a general overview of the scriptures that have helped me, especially the last few months, because I've just... I don't know. I, I guess I'm really wanting to see more love in the body of Christ, truth in love. Can we do that? I think we can. You do not need to sacrifice good, solid biblical theology in order to be kind. In fact, think about that for a second. I would like to think that if I saw somebody that I drastically had theological differences with, I could go up to them and rebuke them. I could go up to them and yell at them and tell them, how wrong I think they are. And I, I could be right. Or I could go up to them, introduce myself, sit down with them and talk with them, have our disagreements. Because you realize that a lot of people, they have this martyr complex that every time that they're yelled at or rebuked or whatever it is, it just solidifies that martyr complex. And what I mean by martyr complex is they believe that what they believe is true because Jesus said that they would be persecuted for what they believe, for the truth. And they see that as persecution. So when you're kind to them, uh, a lot of times it can actually throw them off and they might actually be open to what you have to say. Now, again, I think that there's a right and wrong way to do that. And sometimes that is the way to go. Sometimes it's not. I think that it is a case by case basis. I do not believe there's a one size fits all cookie cutter approach to everything. But, but anyway, I wanted to share this with you. It's been on my heart to share this. So I'm glad that I um, have gotten the time to share this with you. I hope that everybody's doing well. Um, as always, I love you guys, and I'm praying for you in this time. Pray for your enemies. Try to feed them when they're hungry and clothe them if they're cold. And pray for them. 